to your children and you crown them oh god with glory and honor so we'll sing of your name lift our eyes for your greatness oh god and your Majestic is your name in all the earth. Oh Lord, our Lord, may we see your kingdom come. Father, may your will be done in all the earth. In all the
life I've been carried by don't ask me how, cause I can't explain. It's nothing short of a miracle I'm here. I've got some blessings that I don't deserve. I've got some scars, but that's how you learn. It's nothing short of a miracle I'm think it over and it doesn't matter I know it comes from above I've got miracles on miracles a million little miracles yeah. miracles on miracles count your miracles one two three four I can't even count them all steady so I wouldn't give up. You opened doors that nobody could shut. I hope I never get over what you've done. I want to live with an open heart. I want to live like I know who you are. I hope I never get It's not coincidence and it's not like I know it comes from above. I've got miracles on miracles, a million little miracles. Miracles on miracles, count your miracles. One, two, three, four, I can't even count them. Darkness not yet under 
Good morning, City Church. Um, my name is Mark, and I'll be leading us this morning in worship. Um, for our call to worship this morning, we'll be hearing from Psalm 24. So please hear these words. Psalm 24. The earth and everything in it, 
the world and its inhabitants, belong to the Lord. For he laid its foundations on the seas and established it on the rivers. Who may ascend to the mountain of the Lord? And who may stand in his holy place? The one who has clean hands and a pure heart, who has not appealed to what is false, and who has not sworn deceitfully. He will receive blessing from the Lord and righteousness from the God of his salvation. Such is the generation of those who inquire of him and who seek the face of the God of Jacob. Lift up your heads, you gates. Rise up, ancient doors. Then the king of glory will come in. Who is the king of glory? The Lord, strong and mighty. The Lord, mighty in battle. Lift up, you gates. Lift up your heads, you gates. Rise up, ancient doors. Then the king of glory will come in. Who is he, the king of glory? The Lord of armies. He is the king of glory. Let's pray together. O oh Lord, as we usher in this new year, we want to rightly remember and worship you. You are the one who laid the foundations of the earth in majesty and splendor, and you reign forever. And we welcome you this morning as the King of glory. Lord, we confess that we do not have clean hands and a pure heart in our own ability apart from you. We cannot ascend to your throne, but we praise you, God, that in your loving kindness and your lavishing grace, you descended to us in Christ to make us righteous, to give us clean hands and a pure heart through through repentance and belief in Jesus. So God, we, re- we surrender afresh to you today as we begin this new year. Lord, would you help us to make room, to make space for you? And above any other goal or resolution, Lord, help us to seek you first and to seek your kingdom. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Will you stand with us as we worship together?
It's all knowing he counts not their sum Thrown into a sea without bottom or shore Our sins, they are many, his mercy is more would wait as we constantly roam. What Father so tender is calling us home. He welcomes the weakest, the vilest, the poor. Our sins, they are many, His mercy is more. Praise the Lord. Praise the Great to see you all. Hope you had a wonderful Christmas and a happy new year. Uh, I am Ryan, one of the pastors here, and it is great to get to worship with you this morning. Um, when you came in, you should have received a bulletin. Inside that bulletin, there's a connection card, and that is a great way to let us know you're here, uh, to let us know if you're interested in getting connected and getting more information about anything, or if you have uh, prayer requests, anything that we can be praying for you about, you can fill that out. Uh, and and Put it in the seat back, the uh, pocket that's in front of you, or drop it in the brown box on your way out. We love getting those prayer requests. We love getting to pray for you every single week, so I encourage you to take a few moments to fill that out. Um, also, you know, we worship a generous God. Part of our response of worship is giving generously, and so if you would like to, to give, you can always 
uh, give online, citychurchgnv.com slash give, or you can also drop a gift in the box on your way out as well. Uh, a few announcements for us this morning. So this is our last 10 a.m. service for our holiday schedule. Next week, we will return to the 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. worship schedule, okay? So make sure to make a note in your calendar, 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. will resume next week. Also, our community groups will resume uh, this week. So if you're a part of a community group, make sure to check with your leaders. I know some groups are on a slightly different schedule due to traveling and whatnot. So check with your, your group on that, but uh, most groups should resume this week. Uh, perspectives class, that's the, the class on global missions, begins this week, January 4th. Um, and that you can get more information about that in your bulletin, or also you can talk to Emily Simmons uh, if you're interested in taking that class. We encourage you to, to consider if you're at all interested in missions. Uh, it's a fantastic class. And so uh, talk with Emily about that or, or find more information in your bulletin. Um, we have, sorry, we've got a lot of, a lot of announcements because a lot of stuff happening, you know, with the new year here. We have a, a week of prayer and fasting that will begin next week. So Jan, uh, January 10th through the 14th, uh, Monday through, I think that's Monday through Friday, I believe. Uh, each week we're going, or each day, we're going to encourage you, if you're able to, medically able to, to, to fast one meal during the day, fast lunch perhaps, and spend that time in prayer or spend the time throughout the day praying for God to work in power uh, this year. And then we'll, we'll gather together again at 5.30 here in the sanctuary each day to, uh, to pray together for about half an hour, and then some folks you know, may go uh, break their fast and, and get a meal or something afterwards. So I encourage you to, uh, to participate in that. It's something we've been doing now for a few years, each semester beginning uh, our semester of prayer and fasting. Uh, we also have a night of worship coming up on Friday, the 21st, that'll be 7 p.m. in here, and uh, that's always a great time, so put that on your calendar. And then a taste and see on that Sunday, the 23rd. This is for anyone who's new to the church. If you are, you know, exploring uh, City Church and how to get plugged in, learn a little bit about kind of our DNA and ways to get involved, this is a, a super brief little coffee and pastry meeting after uh, each service, and so encourage you to come and, and check that out. And then finally, uh, February 27th, uh, mark your calendars, do everything you can to be here. That'll be a big Sunday for our, our City Roots project. So more information coming about that, but this is as it pertains to acquiring our building and all the work that goes into that. February 27th, please do put that on your calendars and, and try to be here for that. Okay, so um, we have a special guest preacher this morning. Yeah. Uh, so Matt and Emily Barr have been here for uh, many years. They were here for a few years, moved to Jacksonville. We're doing ministry at uh, North Florida there, moved back like everyone should do if you move away. <clears throat> That's what we pray for. Um, they came back, have been back for a few years, right? And, uh, and now they are this year going to be moving, Lord willing, moving to Jamaica this summer to uh, start a chapter, I guess, of the Navigators ministry there. So they've been working with Navigators Campus Ministry here at UF for a few years, and then they're going to be starting a ministry there in Jamaica. So uh, uh, Matt and Emily have served and involved in City Church 
in a lot of different ways. They've led a community group at times. Uh, Emily helped lead a ministry team. They've been involved in ministry teams. And then most recently, Matt served as one of our elders in 2021. And uh, so I'm super excited to have uh, Matt come up and, and preach for us. Also, I'll just say, as a note of personal appreciation, uh, when my family got sick a couple of weeks ago, um, I was not able to prepare a sermon for this Sunday, and Matt very generously, very graciously agreed to fill in for me on kind of short notice this week. Uh, and so I'm personally very thankful for Matt for being here, yes, uh, but it's also going to be, it's going to be a huge blessing to, to hear from uh, the message from Scripture. So I'm going to pray for Matt, and then we'll open the Word. Father, thank you that you are the one true living God. Thank you that, that you speak and that we get to hear from you. And so I pray this morning that you would give us ears to hear, eyes to see, and hearts that are receptive to your word. I pray that your spirit would work in power through Matt, um, and most importantly, in power through your spoken word to touch our hearts. Holy Spirit, would you come, work in us, move in us, in power. We love you. Pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks, Brad. Thanks, Ryan. Amen. What a privilege to be back and worship together in this new year. Um, yeah, it's really special to be able to worship with you guys. Um, it's one of my favorite things, but on top of gathering here, it's really special to see each other outside of this time, too. Uh, so maybe that's in a community group or a, a journey group or a ministry team outside of this time. But it could also be in ordinary life. Um, it's really special to see each other out in the world, uh, remembering that like uh, we gather here to be out there. Um, one such time happened uh, this past summer. Um, I actually got to see Micah, who's here this morning in a coffee shop. Um, for those that have met Micah, uh, he has long, flowing golden hair, right? With, with a, a shaved head. So um, his a fairly distinctive hair. And uh, so I saw him uh, all masked up in the coffee shop. And even though he was masked, I knew it was him because of his hair. His hair was distinct. So I went up and started talking to him naturally. Hey, Micah, how are you doing? No response. Just dead, right? Well, yeah, nothing. And I was a little thrown off. You know, uh, like, did I offend him? Does he not remember me? Did he, is he just having a hard day? Um, whatever, I'll give him some space. I can wait for my coffee in silence. I'm okay with that. Um, so then the barista said my name, Matt, here's your order. And as I went to go grab my coffee, uh, Micah went and, and grabbed it. And that's when I realized this was not Micah. This is just a random guy named Matt uh, that has the same haircut as Micah, but I couldn't notice because his mask was on. So um, yeah, I don't know if you've ever uh, introduced yourself to a stranger, but turns out you, you act notably different around somebody you know uh, than you would around a stranger. What you expect influences how you act and how you feel. I expected to encounter Micah, and so I went up and talked to him and then felt bummed when he didn't respond. Expecting Micah influenced how I acted and also how I felt. Um, well, today we are going to take a look at the book of Luke, which is the story of Jesus, and I love Luke because he presents Jesus as the unexpected king. He's clearly a king, but he's always curiously different than people anticipate. 
And Luke helps unmask Jesus as he really is. Uh, he, he helps take away uh, what we expect to find and show as he really is. So I think we must see Jesus as he really is if we are going to res- respond to him as he longs for us to respond to him. So hopefully today as we enter 2022, we will gaze at King Jesus as he really is. We'll encounter the real king. And as we reorient ourselves to who he really is, as who he says he is in this book, we'll push out everything that hinders us and we'll seek him. So we'll be in Luke chapter 10. And if you do need a Bible, there should be one in the seat underneath uh, in front of you. And Luke should be in, in like the last quarter of your Bible, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, and then Acts and Romans. Uh, so it should be in the last quarter of your Bible. So turn with me to Luke 10. And this particular interaction takes place after Jesus had set his face towards Jerusalem, which is described in Luke chapter 9. Jesus is in the final stages of his ministry, on his way to be crucified, and he knows it. And he, he knows Every step he takes is one step closer to his grim departure. On his way, he takes intentional time for many public teachings and public healings. Yet surprisingly, he also takes time for some of the most intimate and personal moments that are found in his ministry. So we're going to zoom in on one such interaction that occurs in the home of two unassuming sisters. So turn with me. This is Luke 10. 38 through 42. Now as they went on their way, Jesus entered a village, and a woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet and listened to his teaching. But Martha was distracted with much serving. And she went up to him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Tell her then to help me. And the Lord answered, Martha, Martha, you are anxious and troubled about many things, but one thing is necessary. Mary has chosen the good portion, which will not be taken away from her. I think there's a lot we can learn from how Jesus relates to Mary and Martha, but I want to remember one phrase, two parts of one phrase. Make make room for the real Jesus. Make room for the real Jesus. So first we're going to talk about what it means to to make room, um, and then we'll examine what it means to make room for for the real King Jesus. Um, I'm just going to pray one more time. Would you join with me as I pray? Jesus, we are seeking you, and I don't believe you're hiding from us. Don't believe um, you're trying to dodge, uh, like make it a hoop to jump through, but you want to be with us and you want us to know you. Would you help us listen? Even when we're trying, we need your help, Jesus. We need you. Thanks that you're here with us. It's in your name I pray, Jesus. Amen. So this interaction is not the only interaction we get of Mary and Martha. We see Mary's unabashed affection for Jesus elsewhere. Also, in the book of John, as well as in Mark, there's an interaction where she pours expensive perfume Uh, which is probably meant uh, for her inheritance. She pours that on Jesus' feet. And while others accuse this of being really wasteful, Jesus actually rewards her and says she has done a beautiful thing. In John 11 and also 12, we also learn that uh, Mary and Martha have a brother named Lazarus. 
And it says here that Jesus loved him. So much so that this all-knowing Jesus, as he is, wept when Lazarus died. And then Jesus displays his love and his power further when he calls Lazarus out of death and back to life. Jesus loved this little family, and they loved him too. But Luke is the only place where we get this particular family portrait, and I, I think it can teach us a lot about how he truly longs to interact with us. So first, let's take a look at Martha. In verse 38, she starts off welcoming or receiving Jesus into her, her home, and this was a generous act. She did not have to invite, her, invite him into her house, but she gladly does it. And it meant that like, a lot more people came. It doesn't specify how many people came, but who knows? It could have been Jesus' whole crew of 72 disciples at that time. His followers were, could have been with him. But Martha joyfully goes out of her way to be with Jesus. She is willing to take on the burden of hospitality and service to be with her Lord. And after Martha eagerly welcomes Jesus, Luke pans over to Mary as well and paints a very similar portrait. Mary also starts off eager for Jesus. She's in the living room hanging on every word of Jesus that he's saying. And I, I can just see her smiling, looking up with admiration, just soaking it in. I don't know if you've ever watched a groom as his bride comes down the aisle. Um, not the ones that are just weeping hopelessly, but the, the ones that are just locked in and grinning. And that's how I picture Mary just staring up at her Lord, hanging on every word from his lips. These sisters were excited to be with Jesus. But after that one sentence, uh, when Luke pans back to Martha in verse 40, her character has darkened. Mary's, Martha's uh, disposition has completely changed from a woman that had eagerly beckoned Jesus a few moments prior. She is now the opposite of Mary, bitter and frantic. She's begrudgingly fixated on her service. Earlier, her gaze was on Jesus, but she had become infatuated with her tasks, infatuated with her service. Do you see this? She was con consumed by doing things for Jesus, so much so that she refused to actually be with Jesus. He was speaking, but she wasn't listening. She was distracted. Another way to say distracted is she was driven about mentally. She was driven about mentally. Many of you might know uh, Landon and Leslie and their adorable dog, Posey. Landon and Leslie Co. here, and they have this awesome golden doodle named Posey. And I would describe Leslie as a fairly, you know, small person, even though I describe most people as fairly small people compared to me. Um, but Posey is, uh, she's friendly, she's cuddly, but she's also somewhat large and energetic. Now, ordinarily, when Leslie uh, walks Posey, Leslie is running the show, guiding uh, Posey where she needs to go, and uh, Posey happily plods along, right? But occasionally, Posey gets a little exuberant, right? Now, Posey and I have a very special relationship. She's got a soft spot for me, and so I often am the cause of such exuberance. In fact, she gets so excited, she just cannot contain herself, and she's going to come to me whether or not Leslie wants that. She, uh, Posey starts walking Leslie instead of uh, Leslie walking Posey. When I picture Martha's heart being driven about, 
I picture her heart, her mind, on a leash to like 15 posies, just dragging her in all these directions, even if she doesn't want it. They drag her about and run her ragged. That's what distracted is like, dragged about by many cares and longings and fears. Which this, this ends up resulting in exhaustion. Martha's exhausted by her burdens. I really think the hip-hop group Outcast describes this cycle of exhaustion extremely well. Bet you weren't expecting that. There's an unexpected thing for you. But I, I really enjoy hip-hop. And so just pause before Outcast to help you appreciate hip-hop. Uh, it's uh, typically meant to give a voice to the voiceless by either depicting the realities as they are and how it feels to walk through realities, um, or to give a brief respite from a hard life and, and dream of an easier life out there. I'm not here to promote all hip-hop, but I do like to pull rap quotes to share elements of the gospel through them because I think some of these artists are brilliant and can communicate better than I would. So, plus I love sharing and nerding out with my family here, so I'm, I'm going to do that. I call this the OGOG, the original gospel from an original gangster. So um, this one is from Outkast. And one of the greatest rap duos of all time is Outkast. It consists of Andre 3000 and Big Boy, and they're from Atlanta. At this point, I feel obligated to give a shout-out to the Braves for Chipper. Um, didn't know baseball was still that relevant, but... Um, I also feel obligated to give a shout-out to Jay because he's from there, and I don't want to ruin his two truths and a lie for the rest of his life, but I will. Just there, He has a story involving Outkast, himself, mansions, and boxing. So maybe just ask him about that sometime. It's pretty interesting. But here's one of the lines that Outkast gives on being exhausted. It says, I carried a lot of problems around being frustrated. And now I'm sitting at the end of the month like I just made it, like you made the B team. I, just, I love this song and I love that line. But one element to the gospel is we cannot carry our own burdens. And if we do, they'll frustrate us. We need someone else to carry our burdens. And, and do you get to the end of the day like you barely made the B team? I love that analogy. Not only do I not feel like a superstar, I'm the backup. I'm barely a backup to the backups. That's how I feel often. In other words, even when I'm trying my hardest, I still stink so bad that I don't even get the participation trophy in rec soccer. Or that other line is also helpful. Um, I'm not sure if you've ever been pennies away from missing your rent or some other payment that you need to pay, but when you finally do get to pay it, you don't really even get to celebrate because now you have to start the grind all over again to pay next month's rent. It's exhausting. That's the end result of being distracted. It's exhaustion. And I think Martha was well on her way to be exhausted as she was dragged around in drudgery. Her heart and her energy were consumed by her burdens. Not only was she exhausted, but it also resulted in poisoning her relationship with her own sister. Right? She, she's run ragged by her tasks she had to do, and she turns, and there's her sister sitting on her tail over there at the feet of Jesus. So then she hustles about, does a few more chores, greets a few more guests, and there's Mary, still just sitting there. Martha 
is not inspired to rest with Mary at Jesus' feet. No, she, she looks with scorn and thinks Mary still hasn't done anything. She's so lazy. Does she even care? Mary was making room for Jesus, but Martha wanted to drag Mary away from that. And why did she want to do that? To help me, for me. It was about Martha, not about Jesus in that moment. But not only did it poison Martha's view of Mary, it also poisoned, Martha's burdens poisoned her view of her Lord. You can hear it in her question, which really is more like an accusation, right? It says, don't you care, Jesus? Mary is listening to her Lord, but Martha is telling Jesus what he needs to do. I almost hear her say, Jesus, if you cared, if you cared, you would make Mary help me. She doubts his care and even gives an ultimatum. If you care, make her help. If you don't care, if you don't make her, you don't care. Duties for the sake of duty, devoid of our Lord, result in drudgery. The joy of serving the Lord had spoiled. It was rotting, and instead of a feast worth fighting for, it became empty labor. Service is only worthwhile when the person we're serving is worthwhile. Martha no longer saw Jesus as worthwhile. But let's pause for Martha here, and let's gaze back at Jesus. Notice in verse 41, he doesn't tell Martha she's worried about bad things. No, he says they're just many. Notice also that he says to Mary, Mary has chosen the good portion, which implies how did Martha get so distracted? How was that possible? By choosing not the better portion. She did not choose the better portion. So she actually chose to value the many rather than the one, which means she chose to be leashed up by the many. Trying to worry about many things is a choice, and it will keep you from enjoying the one good portion that is out there. I heard an older saint named Jean Fleming. She's not a rapper, but she's a really cool person. Um, she was speaking once about enjoying relationship with Jesus, and she said this, Our choices reveal us. My choices keep me honest. They help me see if I actually value what I say I value. A thousand possibilities compete for my time and affection. What I choose reveals my values and beliefs. Recently, a mother of young children told me that she gets up 30 minutes before her children to do Pinterest. Although she would not say that Pinterest is among her highest values, it's Pinterest that gets her up in the morning. What wakes you up in the morning? What wakes me up in the morning? Do we choose Jesus? Or are there too many good things or needed things squeezing out the one who loves us? Let's make room. I wonder what it would look like in instead of being driven about by shoulds or do's or do nots or wants or if onlys, Instead of being driven about those, to, to invite Jesus into every facet of our day, every facet of our life. If you're like me, there may be leashes of life tugging you from making room to listen to the real Jesus. Maybe, maybe starting with zeal 
and ambition, they have quickly morphed into obligation and fear and drudgery. Jesus is calling. Austin, like he's calling you. Only one thing is needed, it's me. It's, it's, it's me. Ryan, it's calling. He wants, he wants you to make room to hear his voice, to hand over your leashes to him, who is way more capable of hurting, of holding your burdens. The weight of the world is not on you. There is only one thing needed, and it is gazing at Jesus, listening at his feet, making, make room so you can actually hear him. There's three areas that, that perhaps maybe need to make room for Jesus in our lives. One is schedule. Your schedule is maxed out. You go from thing to thing, and many people know of you, but no one actually knows the real you. You go to little parts of many activities, but are rarely fully present anywhere. You have no time to, to be still and listen to Jesus in prayer, no time to gaze at him in the scriptures because you have too much to do for him. Maybe it's time to just say no to a few activities, just a few, just and enjoy some margin in your time with him. If you consistently feel like the, the last pages of one of your notebooks where you're trying to, you know, like squish everything in because then you have to get a new notebook, there's no white space in there, maybe let's talk to each other or, or ask God for help. How can I make room in my schedule? And as a parent, a young parent, I, I can often feel like there's nothing I can get rid of. How could I possibly slow down and be with him, be alone with him? How could I make room? But I think when I haven't made room to listen to him, I miss out on, on the way Jesus is holding me as a parent, that he's taking care of me and my family way better than I could. So even if I feel like I can't get rid of anything, let's at least ask God. God, I don't, I don't even know if there's any room I could make, but what are you actually calling me to? I'm confident he will, he will help. Another way we can be crammed in life is in your inner world. Maybe your outer world isn't crammed, but your thought life can be maxed out. Does your mind swirl with fear or stress or dreams or desires, so much so that you can never actually be still in, in your uh, being? God is not asking you to take care of everything. You have limits. It's okay if your life is a little simpler or not quite Instagram-worthy, or just kind of ordinary. Or if some things go a little unfinished, more than you would like. He is going to take care of everything. He will definitely invite you to take care of a few things, to do a few things, but he does not need you. You are not God. You cannot care about everything. You're limited. Ask Jesus to speak to the tornado spinning in your heart and your brain. And let the dust settle. He stilled the waves. He can certainly still your heart. Martha made the time for Jesus, but she became so encumbered by the feeling and the thoughts of responsibility that Jesus became a background playlist. She could faintly hear snippets of his voice, but was not listening to what he was actually saying. The final way I thought you, we might need to make room for Jesus is our outer voices. How many voices are we listening to? Even if Martha had invited Jesus into her home, if she invited the entire village, there's no way she could actually have a conversation with him. There would be too many people speaking to, to even hear his distinct voice. How much input 
are you listening to on a daily basis? Do you fill your mind with so much information and voices that there's no space for the Lord's voice? Instagram, text messages, phone calls, music, audiobooks, other books, lectures, the news. Like right, right now it is tempting and actually very possible to block out every moment of silence in an entire day. Silence is a little uncomfortable and it takes discipline to actually enjoy. But the Lord is speaking. Let's make room for his voice. Even if it means cutting out a few, even good voices out there to make room for his Okay, so in all of these interactions, we can talk about, like, Martha wanted to make room for Jesus. What happened? How did she deviate? Why did she miss him? I think it's because she got caught up in what she expected Jesus to be like. Which brings us to our second point. Don't just make room in general. Make room for the real Jesus. Because instead of building our view of Jesus on the scriptures and through the Holy Spirit, is very common for us to project our own inner dialogue onto God. This is what he's like, instead of hearing what he's like. Three common false Jesuses that we project onto him are found wanting when we compare the real Jesus found in Martha's home to them. Because this is not just a story. It is Jesus, the exact representation of God, and his character never changes. So let's, let's learn what these false Jesuses are. One, the, the pretentious Jesus, the pretentious Jesus. This Jesus only associates with the best and the pious. If this is your view of Jesus, you might think, I need to wait to come to Jesus until I, my motivations are pure, until I'm all cleaned up. Then I'll, all my doubts are gone, then I'll go to Jesus. But as Martha became consumed with her task, she became frustrated at her sister and at Jesus. But instead of going to them, she avoids them. Finally, when she could stand it no longer, she stops avoiding them, and she, she brought her real self to the real Jesus, and she blows up at him. It's actually like a little ugly, right? It's like it was an unbecoming interaction for that of a king. The pretent, pretentious Jesus we might expect would, would cut her to shreds, or just leave, or order her to leave. I mean, she's bossing around her own esteemed guest. But the real Jesus we encounter actually gently responds. When my Martha finally comes, even though it's ugly, Jesus doesn't ignore her. He doesn't reject her. He just gently responds. Martha, sweet Martha, you're, you're worried about many cares right now, aren't you? Jesus can handle the real you. And he's, he's the only one, really, that can handle the real you when you're silly or beautiful or just ugly. Don't wait till you finish all your service for him or clean yourself up or get rid of all of your doubts. Just come right where you're at. The real Jesus wants the real you, and he can handle you. The second false Jesus is the people-pleasing Jesus. This Jesus is just an echo chamber telling us Whatever we want to hear, this Jesus is the kind of person that likes your Instagram post, even when they think it's terrible. Uh, I've never done that, right? If you have this false Jesus, you might think Jesus loves me so much, he would never want to change my authentic self. But the real Jesus is unwaveringly good, and we are not. 
And when those two things collide together, something must change. And it ain't going to be Jesus. He doesn't change. So while Jesus is gentle with Martha, notice he doesn't give her what she pleases. And why not? Because what she wanted wasn't good. It was destroying her, burdening her. And also, this wouldn't have just affected Martha if he gave her what she wanted. It would also tarnish Mary's sweet relationship with Jesus. Martha speaks to Jesus as if she knows what Jesus really wants, but it's actually just what she wants. The real Jesus gently corrects what enslaves her. When Martha finally made room and went to, went to him, he shows her the real him. He is perfect. We are not so we should expect Jesus to speak back to some of our desires, our goals, even some of our prayers. Expect Jesus to change you. It changed Martha, right? She came with, Jesus, make her leave and serve me. And he responds with, Martha, one thing is needed, is being with me. I want to be with you, but I'm not going to leave Mary. And you can leave your many burdens behind, and you can come be with me if you would like. Which brings us to the last false Jesus, the productive Jesus, the productive Jesus. This Jesus only cares about the bottom line. Christianity isn't a family, it's a product. If this is your view of Jesus, you might think, you know, Jesus cares primarily about what I do, what I give to him. Martha expects Jesus to care primarily about duty, the tasks needed to be done, the acts of service. And it's not like Jesus doesn't like service, but the service was given at the cost of her relationship. He wanted Martha, not what she could do for him. Jesus wants to be with you. And if we don't see him as he really is, we're never going to come to him. We're always going to be doing something before we can approach him. But only one thing is needed. Choose the good portion. Let's choose the good portion. I'm not sure, but I like to think that Jesus here is referencing one of my favorite verses that I pray for myself in verse 42. Only one thing is needed. It harkens back to Psalm 27.4. That's the O-G-O-T, right? The original gospel in the Old Testament, because the Old Testament has, is full of good news, too. Yeah, turn with me to Psalm 27.4 real fast. I'll have it on the screen as well, but you want to join with me. It's a great passage, the whole psalm. It says, one thing I ask from the Lord, this only do I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord and to seek him in his temple. This psalmist was dreaming of the day where he could spend he could dwell with God all day long because for him, he could only dwell in the temple with God. Yet every time he left, he longed for more of God. He wanted more. And for, for Mary, this interaction was, was one of her last chances, her only chances to sit at Jesus' feet and gaze at his beauty. Jesus, who is God, had come to her house, and Mary was keenly aware. He's the point of this interaction, the word who brought light into the world, the angel who held back Abraham's knife, the promised root of Jesse that would restore Israel, God's people. Emmanuel, God with us. He's in my house. I don't care what's going on. I'm gazing at him. I will be alone with my Jesus. I will seek him. 
Friends, remember, if you have turned from your sin in yourself and trust in Jesus, he lives in you. He is in the house of your heart every day. You can sit at his feet. Right now, he's here. We can sit at his feet and enjoy his presence right now, today, and every day. He would not cut himself away from Mary, and he won't cut himself from you either. What a privilege, right? Like, what a privilege. Let's not make this a should right now. Don't be ashamed. The greatest thing you can do with this gift is enjoy it. And if you haven't received Jesus, do you, are you thirsty? Do you want water for your soul? Do you want to be washed away from the things you've done wrong, the sin that, that encumbers you, that you're enslaved to? Do you want to sit with your Savior, to dwell with God himself? Earlier they referenced a psalm where God only dwells with the, the high and the holy, but also with the contrite. He's calling you. He wants to be with you. The high and holy God is willing to be with you. Jesus is calling. You too can make room for him today by repenting and resting in him. If you do or if you already have, you can enjoy him even in the midst of your tasks. You can do them with him. You, he can join you as you take them on. He can come and comfort you as you still uh, and cleanse you as you still make mistakes. You can take time alone with him and just enjoy his presence, gaze at his beauty, seek him, enjoy remembering who he really is in scripture. Enjoy him in prayer. Dwell on the real him who dwells in you. And even if your circumstances don't change one bit, it is amazing how turning your heart to him can transform how you experience those, ex those circumstances. Knowing he's with you can change how you experience any circumstance. When the real you meets the real Jesus, transformation happens. So as we follow the real Jesus, we can expect transformation. We can expect service. We can expect hardship, rewarding relationships. But we don't gaze at any of those individual things. We gaze at the one who gives us those things, the real Jesus. The real Jesus does, in fact, love you and wants to be with you in the sacred, but also in the ordinary, the everyday parts of life. And Jesus doesn't want what you do. He wants you. As we start this new year, it's really tempting to just step back into the swirl of life, to get, to get caught up in, in, in so many things and swept away from gazing at Jesus to be consumed by the many instead of choosing the good portion. Let's not get choked and dragged by the leashes of life but instead make room for the good portion. Let's not just try harder this year, right? Right now, ask him, how can I make room for you? Make room for the real Jesus and let him love you and let him speak to you today. I'm going to pray here in a second, but I have a few uh, discussion questions, or not discussion questions, reflection questions. Um, before we take communion today, we're just going to sit in a little bit of silence, especially because we don't get to get it very often. Maybe one of these questions, um, the Holy Spirit just prods you. It says, like, man, I want to think more about this. Or, or it's a, you could even ask it as a prayer for yourself. Lord, are there ways I've been squeezing you out with many things? Um, you don't have to reflect on every question. Um, but if there is one, 
I'd encourage you to listen to what Jesus is actually saying to you. Let me pray for, for us. Jesus, I do want you. I want to seek you. And I just confess, I, I have been distracted by many things. Many, many things. Many good things, many bad things. Today, would you help me and would you help my family here dwell with you? Would you help us make room for you to gaze at your beauty today and to seek you? I love you, Jesus. I'm glad you're here with me. On my best days and my worst, I pray in your name, Jesus, because your name really does hold power and can transform things. Amen. good news. Thank you, brother, for bringing that. Um, each week uh, after the message, we turn to the Lord's table, and it's a way for us to remember Christ's body broken for us and his blood shed for us, to remember the, the heart of the gospel, what Jesus endured for our salvation in going to the cross. Uh, on the night that Jesus was betrayed, he had a meal with his disciples, and during that meal, he took the bread and he broke it and said, this is my body that is broken for you. Whenever you eat this, do this in remembrance of me. Later on during the meal, he took the cup and pouring it, he said, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Whenever you drink this, do this in remembrance of me. And the Apostle Paul writes that as often as we eat this bread and we drink this cup that we are proclaiming the Lord's death until he comes. So we remember Christ's body broken for us for our forgiveness, and we actively trust in him now. Um, and I, I love the emphasis that, that Matt put on the, the presence of Christ with us now, that we get to dwell with him. We get to fix our eyes on him, to gaze upon his beauty, and to receive this grace from the Lord on a daily basis. Um, so daily we get to come and remember what Jesus has done for us, and look ahead to the day when we'll be with him perfectly, fully in heaven. A few words of uh, instruction before we come. There will be an elder or a deacon up here and here, and they will uh, have the, the, the bread to distribute, and then there'll also be uh, juice cups right here, so we'll, we won't dismiss anyone. We'll have a few moments of silence, and then anyone can get up and come and, and uh, receive the bread, and then come and grab cup of juice. This is uh, open to anyone who's a follower of Jesus. You don't have to come regularly to City Church or anything like that. If you trust in Christ and you follow him, you're welcome to come and participate. Um, if you're here and you'd say that doesn't describe you yet, we're just thrilled that you're spending your, uh, your Sunday morning with us, and we encourage you to use this time to reflect a little bit on what we've talked about. If you'd like uh, prayer or if you'd like to, to talk about anything afterwards, 
we'd love to do that. The, the uh, elder deacon will be available on the side here. To, you can come and receive prayer from them, or you can come and grab me, or come and, and talk with Matt, and uh, we'd love to pray with you. Okay? Let's pray. Father, thank you that uh, you, are, you are real and true. Thank you that Jesus came into this world as we celebrated and remembered at Christmas uh, so that we could know you fully and truly, that we could have a relationship with you, Lord, that we could receive your mercy and your grace that we so desperately need, and, Lord, that we can walk with you daily. Um, God, forgive us. Forgive us for the ways that we have been busy and distracted with many things. Forgive us for the ways that we have um, been thinking about you primarily through uh, you know, people-pleasing lenses or productivity lenses, Lord, as if you approve of us because of what we do. Thank you that at the cross, you, Christ showed us that that is, that's not true, but that instead the amazing gospel that we have and that we proclaim that we hold dearly is that we receive mercy and grace, not because of our actions, but because, uh, simply because of faith in, in what you have done and what you have accomplished on our behalf. So I pray, Lord, that this year would be a year of freedom in that, in that reality. And Lord, would you sink that and press that down deeper into our hearts and we grow nearer to you, we ask in Jesus' name. I ran my hell boundary. 
stand with us as we continue to sing.
remain standing for our benediction. Well, it's truly been a pleasure to be nourished spiritually with you all this morning. And uh, thank you, uh, Matt, for bringing the word and Alex for bringing the music. Um, <clears throat> I haven't developed a taste for outcast yet, uh, but there's still time. Uh, but I do enjoy a little bit of bluegrass, and here's a, a quote from uh, Ricky Skaggs, uh, one of his songs from a great album called Mosaic. And what I'm listening for through all the noise, a whisper in my ear, the shepherd's voice. And uh, here's this benediction from Hebrews. Now may the God of peace, who brought again from the dead, Lord Jesus, the great shepherd of the sheep, by the blood of the eternal covenant, equip you to everything good that you may do his will, working in us that which is pleasing in his sight through Jesus Christ. To him be the glory forever and ever. Amen. Go in peace. Sounding like mumbling, like she was out of her mind. She said, Boy, this kind of praise, what saved my life? You ought to try it soon. Now I know she was right. She was talking to Jesus. She was talking to Jesus. She'd been talking to Jesus for all of her life. Mama used to drag me to church Sunday mornings and Wednesday nights. Khaki pants and a polo shirt. Boy, I put up a fight. She said, son, one day you'll thank me having God in your life, and yeah, I know she was right, 
got three of my own trying to raise them upright my oldest is 15 and I remember what that was like trying to deal with the drama trying to figure out the questions in life and I've been looking for a way to show him how to make it all then he walks in my room while well, I was saying my prayers the other night. He said, I'll come back later. I can tell you got a lot on your mind. I said, it's not an interruption. You couldn't have picked a better time. Because I was just talking to Jesus. Come over and give it a try. We started talking to Jesus. We started talking to Jesus. We started talking to Jesus. Whoa. And now he's talking to Jesus. Thank God he's talking to Jesus. It's more like a friendship. Just talk to your father like you are his kid. Just start talking to Jesus. Just start talking to Jesus. 
Love is patient. 